I'll tell you, tell you a funny story about Courtney Thug. So um, our manager at the time, and Rusko's manager was, was the same guy, good friend of ours still to this day, Matt. Yeah. All type manager, Matt. Big shout manager, Matt. Still love you, bro. Um, so yeah, so we we were both managed by manager Matt. And um, Matt sent us this tune, he goes, check this tune out, guys. It's really fucking cool. I think you're gonna like it. <laughs> I love, I love when you do Matt's voice. Rusko made it. It's really fucking forward thinking. I think you're gonna love it. It's called Cotney Fug. So um, Matt sends us this tune and we get it. It's like, fucking, wow. Where do you rap? Like what part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, what part do you rap? But yo, we thought the tune was sick. And we were like, yeah, 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 let's do it, let's do it. So anyway, we had a lot of other tunes through at the time. And you know, we've got a schedule of music to get through and rare, rare, rare. So One Co reason or another. So Cotney Fogg is sat there. The little net. Cotney Fogg was sat there on our to-do list of tracks to vocal. And um, we never did it. We never got round to it. You are watching The Rundown. My name's Nick. I'm Jay. All right, today we are discussing the evolution of dubstep from where it started to where it is today. Yeah, man. It's been a big journey. So what a lot of people, I know we have mentioned this on a previous episode, but for those who don't know, um, grime and dubstep, once upon a time, were one genre of music. Now, that sounds crazy today if you think... If you think about dubstep, someone at the pinnacle of that scene, you might argue is Skrillex. And then if you look at the grime scene, you could argue someone like, say, Skepta or Stormzy would be yeah. at the top of that scene. You would maybe never, in today, in 2021, put together the fact that Skrillex and Skepta or Stormzy, the roots of both of their sounds and genres comes from one place. So in the early 2000s, 2003, 2004, it was all one music, um, which essentially was called grime. Um, it kind of came from the dark garage era, innit? Like we had, yeah. we had the UK garage in, in, in England and it was quite predominantly quite happy party music, champagne popping, bring you flowers. let's feel nice, you get me? Yeah, yeah. But then out of that came like um, a subculture of darkest, influenced garage music which was people like oris j aka dark one musical mob uh, musical mob zed bias you know and, um, there was there was a few of them lb and i think the one track that changed everything and well obviously wiley with eskimo yeah um, man. so i think in fact these are two good points so the two tracks that changed the whole uk culture of, of that music and that was musical mob pulse x and eskimo by wiley those two tracks, when those two tracks came out, the whole culture of the scene changed. And it was like the end of the whole party music, the end of um, the champagne popping, put your shoes on and, and took your shirt in and go out and dance. And it was more about get your tracksuit on, tip your hat low, put your oh, trainers on. It was tales on. from and the it, streets, wasn't it, it? And it was gun fingers in the air. It and became I, more like street commentary as opposed to like, Party hosting. hosting exactly, and it became more lyrical and and dark, and this and the the beats became darker. Yeah, the snares became harder and sharper. But like I think like so for me like if I think about early dubstep, 
early dubstep had a lot more like dub elements to yeah. it. A lot more of a reggae mm. influenced vibe. Like Mala. Yeah, Digital Mystics. Digital Mystics, man. You know, bare people who kind of pioneered that sound. Eat, like Bengo Scream, you know, a lot of people. And it was, it definitely had a bit more dub in the step. I think like when you look at dubstep today. And that's where the step, the word step comes from, from two step, from garage, because people were still, yeah, people were still anchoring on to the end of that yeah, two step yeah, yeah. era. And it was almost like the dub step became what was the two step garage vibe. Yeah, man. So I like, I mean? but whereas today's sound of dubstep, it's like, First and foremost, the production level, the skill level, the sound design level. It's totally different. It's, yeah. it's what these producers are doing these days. It's just technically incredible. It's insane. You know, from a technical standpoint, from a musical standpoint, a lot of great dubstep producers these days are like very well accomplished, classically trained musicians as well. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, a lot of them play instruments. A lot, bass, you know, it's... Back at the beginning of the scene, a lot of people would be making tracks on uh, Playstations. They'd be making it on like- Reason. Really, I mean, Reason. there's nothing wrong with Reason. People still use it today. But, but really, the really earlier versions of Reason people were making these tracks on. And then- um, But you know, like when, when, just going back to like, when you, I'm just comparing the two sounds really, like obviously with technicality, Sometimes some people may think that it can lose a bit of soul sometimes. Yeah. And I would say that can be true in some instances. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the old dubstep might have been a little bit more primitive in terms of this the production skill level. Obviously, technology's advanced a lot since then as well. But I think and the ideas were were perhaps more creative than Well, we sometimes have today. it had more like vibe in it, like some vibe is important and yeah. you might have this, a song that's maybe not the most technically mixed down or technically um technical sound design but yeah. it's just got a wicked vibe do you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. and i think that's where the best dubstep of modern dubstep lies for me personally is where you find a producer who is number one super technically gifted, gifted yeah um, and accomplished, but number two just understands vibe. Yeah. You get me, and can bring a vibe to the dance. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's that, that's what I think anyway. I think it kind of all. So we went from like the the early, very early dubstep sounds of like your digital mystics, uh, Benny Hill, Benga, Scream, um, and that sound really started to develop, and it and it and it gained popularity, but where things really started to change was when Rusko released Cotney Thug. Yeah, that, that went nuts. So Cotney Thug, I think it didn't just, it took the scene from being like, you know, 200 capacity venues, 300 capacity I think venues. We're talking, like, we're talking in the UK here as well. Even in this, Europe as well. At this time it was mainly UK, but yeah, Europe too, definitely. I'd but it hadn't completely crossed the pond yet. It hadn't crossed the pond at all. To America. Not at all at this point. Mm. So when 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 um, Cotney Thug uh, came out, that's what really what, like it put the turbo charge on the scene. Massively. And, and that's what really expanded it. I'll tell you, tell you a funny story about Cotney Thug. So um, our manager at the time, and Rusko's manager was, was the same guy, good friend of ours, still to this day, Matt, yeah. all type manager, Matt. Big shout manager, Matt. Still love you, bro. Um, so yeah, so we we were both managed by manager Matt, and um, 
Matt sent us this tune. He goes, check this tune out, guys. It's really fucking cool. I think you're going to like it. <laughs> I love, I love when you do Matt's voice. Roscoe made it. It's really fucking forward thinking. I think you're going to love it. It's called Cockney Fug. So um, Matt sends us this tune and we get it. It's like, fucking, wow. Where do you rap? Like what part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, what part do you rap? But yo, we thought the tune was sick and we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So anyway, we had a lot of other tunes through at the time and you know, you've got a schedule of music to get through and rare, rare. So One Co reason or another. So Cotney Fug is sat there. The Cotney Fug was sat there on our to-do list of tracks to vocal and um, we never did it. We never got round to it. But it became it one of the biggest so like dance music songs, not even let alone dubstep. I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? Like that catapulted the shit to a whole different a whole stratosphere. New, yeah, it was stratosphere. like, I heard it on daytime radio one, like all the DJs across genres were playing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and it was definitely a special moment. And that was followed by stuff like, uh, I mean, I might not be in, in, in timeline order. Really. I just interrupt this yeah. a little funny one. So like once Courtney Fug blew up. I remember ringing manager Matt and goes, yeah, <laughs> still want that vocal for Courtney Fog. <laughs> and he was like, no, nah, mate, that ship sailed. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you now. But yeah, sorry, bro, I interrupted I can't you there. what I was saying, man. <laughs> but yeah, nah, so I think- I like, know, I was, I was, I was saying um, Dr. P Sweet Shop. That was late still. Yeah, we're not there on. yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Request we, midnight request line. Midnight request line. But I'll fire him off the top, fam. Flux Pavilion. I can't stop. Massive now moment. That. That was a moment. Well, obviously that got sampled and used by Jay Z and Kanye. Two years later. On Watch but the, the time, you got to think as a, as a record. Yeah, when in, it came the, out, it was in huge. the clubs yeah, at the time. Huge. I can't stop with y'all. It's when it started becoming festival music as, as well. Exactly. And it's when that, it became like arena music. That happens, yeah. When you see one tune in a scene blow like Cockney Fog, and there was a few others. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at UM on K, there was a few, you get me? When you see something blow and it becomes festival-y, people start making tunes differently a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what happened with dubstep and that's when it started evolving and changing, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because once once you, you know, once, once you start DJing at festivals, yeah. it's a different response yeah. at a festival and you kind of, yeah. do you know what once I mean? Once one track gets to stadium level, yeah, it, then bro. it kind of opens the door yeah, for the whole bro. scene to, to go that way. And I think once Flux Pavilions, I Can't Stop really took off, I think that's when we saw the influx from America. I'm a, I'm a Influx? Bit, Influx. Shout out to Influx. Flux, shout out to Flux for the influx, bro. Um, I remember going to America in like 2000, like 10 years ago, like 2011. First time I went was with Mark. And it was the first time I met uh, John, 12th Planet. And we played at the Roxy Theatre. And I thought, fucking dubstep in America. Seriously, like no way. So anyway, me and me and my, this is little before, did we know. This is before. This is before we got the virus fees. It was just me and Mark who went on it. So we was there, and um, we played at the Roxy Theatre on. Uh, it's on. Um, I think it's on Sunset Boulevard in, in in Hollywood. And we got there. It's only a small venue, but yo, the queue, bro. I've told you about it. It's bare yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The queue was like two hundred meters long. Yeah, crazy. It would have took Bolt twenty seconds. Like <laughs> it was fucking. Yes, sir. It was mad. And I remember, I remember at that it's point- when you know something special's happening, innit? Yeah, it? at that point, yeah. It's you know like, that energy? Right, this is- This is serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember playing that show and the energy was like, it was like renaissance, yo, it was mad. 
It was like a, mm. it was like a, a cultural revolution was happening in America at that time, and you know to see that firsthand was like. Wow. And I think from, from there, like the sound just kept evolving and changing and yeah. it, it definitely got harder. And uh, you know, it, cause we, we had the, I can't stop and midnight request line and all that kind of stuff. But then the sound started getting a lot more aggressive. And, and then, then came like, Skrillex. Bro, bro step. Skrillex. Skrillex. When Skrillex came with that it's, first EP. I mean, Skrillex changed the game completely because just of because of what an absolute genius he is. Yeah, production wise, the, the production he's an level. Genius. I think that's what we were saying initially. Like, you know, the dubstep today, the sound design, the production, the arrange, like it's fucking from a technical. Whether he, as any musician out there watching yeah. this podcast, anyone who understands the technicalities of music. Listen, that shit is genius. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And I think that's Skrillex came along and blew everyone's minds because it was like, oh, holy And I think fuck. it's, it's kind of like this, the fact that the quality of the production is so fucking high. Yeah. It's a kind of a testament to the size of the scene now. Yeah. Because when something's that well done, yes, it flies. It's, it's going to fly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, what's happening these days is you know, there was a funny time in um, in drum and bass, right? Where drum and bass was the big thing in the UK because it's funny right now in the UK, dubstep's unheard of predominantly. There's a few small promotions and there's a, there's a small scene, you know, and there's there's a lot of producers and a lot of people doing shit. And, you know, you can see that there from is- From a live perspective, it's but not From a live was. perspective, it's there's nothing. Whereas if you go to America, like all the major festivals have fucking got dubstep popping Even off. Even like, it's weird. They have their like own major festivals. Popping, New Zealand it's popping, yeah. France it's but, popping, Germany, know, Italy. I remember a time in drum and bass where like it 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 kinda it kinda dissipated quite a lot and it filtered out the shit and back came a really strong healthy vibrant scene and if you think about the drum and bass scene now there's clear distinctions you know you've got the neuro drum and bass yeah You've got the jump up stuff. Yeah. You've got the liquid, more like vocal led stuff. And there's really strong scenes, sub subcultures mm. within that overall bracket. Yeah. And somebody who would love to go and watch, say, Wilkinson yeah. or Sub Focus yeah. would not necessarily go and watch Benny Allen Break yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. I'd be in Benny Allen Break's room, yeah. sweating my back off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't be in the main room with Wilkinson and yeah. Sub, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and I think my point, bringing it back to the evolution of dubstep, certainly in the UK, but I think globally, is that you can start to actually see some of these subcultures forming. Oh, massively, now. Like we were talking about color base before. Yeah. And like, and Vidim. Yeah. And, you know, there's, and there's like even that, that off key shit that like that photon guy is making, like there's all kinds of subgenres building within it. And what that does is it just breeds a real healthy scene where there's something for everyone and there's enough inspiration to take from each subculture and mix together. And it just gives, it just gives like, you know, when some everything's the same sound, cause dubstep to me definitely had a period in time where there was wasn't much innovation going on. I it think, sounded yeah. I think like it the, sounded very same. 14, 15, 16 times. When I'm we, so shit with dates. So I don't kinda, even know how you do that. Oh, it's memory. My memory's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> um, around that time when we kind of bailed out of it for a bit and started doing more hip hop stuff and grime stuff, it was yeah. like around that time it kind of all got very samey. But 
And I then think, I think that that never breeds a healthy scene, and it. But can then the renaissance it. of the of the new labels like like Disciple, yeah, Never man. Say Die, when these labels really took and became, you know, well, on, you know, on the Never Say Never same. Say Die were kind of a bit of a fucking a bit of a, a foundation, I would say. They yeah, were but relatively they, but, early. But they were. And when Skrillex won, won a Grammy, you know, he won. He won, oh, he won he his first out, Grammy. He shouted out. Never say die. Yeah. Which did which did great but things. But they didn't for them. become the big label that they are now until no, later on. No. But that, that happened later, and I think yeah. that happened when the new dubstep that I think he's like still you'd say is relevant now, around 2017, sort of 2018 mark, when these labels like Disciple. And, and never say die yeah. really really came to the front line of yeah. dubstep. Um, did we start to see the scene that we have today? That was the beginning of that, 100%. Of that scene that we have and today. And you know, it's funny, it goes back to a conversation we had privately earlier off camera um, about, you know, we were talking about building a staple and, and how do you do it and yeah. independent labels and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And we were saying like, it's super important. Like what I think never say die and uh, disciple of done consistently is just had amazing talent they've just kept yeah you know what i mean like they, they just know and, how and, to find really talented people and they've stayed like they, they've, they've built like they've built it as a family yes and and their marketing skills and have always yeah been man so, their business is tight yeah, man. Man. So, so on point yeah. so ahead of the curve at all times and and i think it's maybe you know obviously you've got to tip your hat the other labels who have been about as well, you know, you've got, there's quite a lot of them. Circus Records did a madness. <laughs> Obviously they had the Flux tune, yeah. the Sweet Shop. Circus have been, you know, a foundation in this thing as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's having infrastructures like those labels within a scene, people who that do things well. That to grow and become yeah. what it becomes. People who yeah. do things very well, market it well, yeah. got it tight, run a tight ship, yeah. sign great people. That's what really enables it. And um, every scene that has flourished has had some level of that. Do you get what I mean? You know what? It's 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 funny, right? So me and um, again, I was talking with Rossi um, a while back. I think we might have been in Oz or somewhere. Yeah. And um, I was saying, you know, you know, in 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 the UK, dubstep's just not big anymore. And he was like, I know, I know, but do you think it's strange that actually now? dubstep is bigger than it has ever been yes and it literally is it's stadium music yeah. all over the world everywhere other than england other than england i what think i think it's i think it's genuinely going to make its way back and it's going it to end it, it's inevitable it has it's to. inevitable because and you can already see it yeah you can already see it you know it's strange though like because we go on tour all over the world and play like these amazing raves and from china to america to australia to all over Europe, playing these sick shows, like everyone out singing the lyrics and you see the scene as a culture, a community, and it's and it's just like, it's just fire. It's just fire. But then in England, like that heart, heart just doesn't exist in the same way that it used to. No. And I think perhaps it's because the pioneers jump ship. Um, the, in, in the UK, like the Brit a lot of the British pioneers, um, but saying that there are a lot of British producers who are still exactly. massive all over the world. Exactly. So exactly yeah. there really is that's that's what i think i think about a lot of the british guys who are fucking killing it yeah in the scene so yeah. it's weird maybe there's just but not it's, it's an much, infrastructure for it in the uk and there's not it's a much more mm. global scene though now like if you think like if we look at say some it's of the gonna top, come home man some of the top guys it's like football it's coming home you've got you've got virtual riot he's german you've got snails he's canadian yeah excision is canadian companies from la 
Phase one is from Australia, from Sydney. Yeah. You know, I mean, in just in just those handful of names there, so we're talking. Oliver's. Oliver's is from Leeds. Yeah, Leeds. No, he's not. He's from, is it Hartlepool? Uh, Hartlepool, yeah. I might have got that wrong. No, he's from Hartlepool. Is it? Did from get that it right? he's, he's got an accent like Alex's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's from up north. Yeah, I thought so. So it's like, it's a, it's a big global foundation of, of producers now, which I think is really healthy for the scene. And I think where we are now, provides a really exciting foundation for what it can become. But I think we are going to see a lot more subgenres. Me too. And I hope so too, because yeah. it keeps it exciting and it keeps it um, fresh and innovative. Just look at all the other healthy, look at house music, look at yeah. techno. There's so many subgenres of those things. And that's what keeps it fresh, man. Yeah. That's what makes us be something for everyone. Yeah. Do you know and that's what, what makes it cool as well, I think. Yeah. Where I think something dies when it becomes one dimensional. 100%. So yo, I, 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 I look forward to seeing more subgenres like color base and whatnot coming out of the dubstep scene. I think like what I'd love is if you lot would hit us up in the comments. Yeah, man. Send us a message. Let us know what you think about the evolution of dubstep. Is there a time what you look back fondly to? Is there a certain period, a certain song? Like, you know, let us know what you think. Like, where do you think dubstep's going as well? How do you see it evolving? Do you see the, the subgenres kind of becoming more of a thing? Like, yeah. let us know what you think. This is The Rundown. My name's Nick. I'm Jay. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the notification button. We'll see you next week.